Hello and welcome back to Winging It. I'm Lucy Hitchcock and I want to help you live your happiest life by building the most incredible career or business. I went from being in a career I hated to running a successful digital marketing, branding and website agency, Sassy Digital. Once I was running my own business, the rest of my life fell into place and I've never been happier. If you're listening to this on your phone, make sure you get the best experience by downloading the Entail app. Entel is an interactive podcast platform that combines the best of audio storytelling with the richness of the web. So this means you'll be able to follow links, view images, follow people on social and much more by just tapping your phone. The music for this podcast is epic, I know. It's been provided by The Edit Album, a curation of copyright-free music for creatives. Our listeners get 25% off with the code SASSY25 and I'll leave the link in the description box or if you're listening on Entel, you'll be able to click the link now. This week on Winging It, I have two incredible beauty business owners joining me to talk all about how they launch their businesses, the struggles they face and of course, how they increase bookings. Talitha is the founder of Fox and Vamp Extension Specialists who exclusively fit hair and eyelash extensions. Talina founded Amber Blow Dry in Mill Hill, where they provide exceptional hair treatments and blow dries in the most incredible and Instagrammable salon. Both of these lovely ladies are clients of ours at Sassy Digital. We design the website for Fox and Vamp, and we currently manage the website for Amber, as well as designing and managing their monthly newsletter. It's so important to me that I did an episode of Winging It on running a beauty business because I know from working with lots of beauty chicks that there's so many small businesses out there who perhaps need a little help, direction or advice on how to make it using marketing and social media. So without further ado, here is how to start a beauty business with Amber Blowdry and Fox and Bamp. So I'm here in the Intel studios with Talina from Amber Blow Dry and Talitha from Fox and Bam. Hello, ladies. Hello. So to start the episode off, do you both want to give us a little introduction about who you are and what you do? Who wants to go first? Talitha, you go first. <laughs> Thank you, Talina. <laughs> oh, it's so weird hearing my voice on here. Uh, so my name's Talitha. Um, I own a beauty brand called Fox and Bam. Um, it specialises in lash and hair extensions. Um, quite different because the techniques that we do are quite niche. Um, so very, very natural looking and really safe. Um, so yeah, it's only been going for six months. So I'm quite excited to talk about it. Thank you. And I'm Talina. I own Amber Blow Dry, which started in July 2017. And we are a blow dry and styling bar, specialising in all styling related stuff for women of all ages. Amazing. Yes. I actually know both yes. of your stories already because <laughs> um, I think I've already said this, but you are both clients of mine, which is why I've got you on today. <laughs> um, so I obviously I already know kind of a bit about each of your backgrounds, but obviously for people who don't know about them, kind of what inspired you to start a beauty business should we start with you again what have you yeah. so what's your kind of like background do you have a background in the beauty industry yeah I do I mean I've been in the beauty and the hair industry for about 12 maybe 13 years now um quite a varied background so I started as a hairdresser then when you're so young you know you think this is boring I don't want to do this anymore <laughs> I was earning god knows what probably about five pounds an hour um so I wanted to go off and travel so I went to work for Virgin Atlantic um, so really, really, again, nothing to do with what I'm in now, but I suppose quite transparent skills and the fact of customer service, yeah. et cetera, and obviously I got to travel. Um, while I was doing that, I was selling some products on the plane um, to a lady who turned out to be the head of 
clinique actually and she offered me a job and I'd been there for about 18 wow. months yeah I know so random and um, so I literally phoned her up and held her to it she was the <laughs> head of sales um, so then I started off in the makeup industry so again I'd left hair for all this time maybe in the back of my mind I knew I was going to go to it because I used to dip in and out of it and you've always got the friends who want to do your hair on the night out yeah <laughs> but um, never really gave it much thought because I'm only like 21 22 at this point um, so I started a career with Clinique um, on counter and then I worked up to area manager um, I then moved to London because I'm you can hear the accent but I'm from up north originally um, I then moved um, with them with the Lauder group to London I worked in Selfridges as a beauty hall manager in the West End quite savage the manager <laughs> of the whole beauty hall yeah wow. I know wow it's probably quite helped with running your own business now for sure I mean if you can work in there in that role you can definitely run your own business <laughs> for sure um, and then I worked for Benefit as an area manager as well um, and then I really was just struggling having finding somewhere where I liked my lashes, where I I struggled to get really good hair extensions. <clears throat> I struggled to get the quality I wanted. And I was like, do you know what? If I'm going to do something on my own, what is something different? What is somebody not doing? What are they not doing well? And then I started training while I was an area manager in um, both of those things. So that was fun. <laughs> so I did that for about a year, maybe not a year, um, but... I trained and practiced for a while and then yeah the brand kind kind of came to life and six months later here I am amazing yeah that's a <laughs> nice. great story yeah that's really good <laughs> you've, got a very, you've got a very different story <laughs> I've got a very very different story so I actually don't come from the beauty background at all um I studied everything business finance accountancy related um did a graduate program at KPMG qualified as an accountant and then sort of didn't really know where to go from that I think I always knew I wanted to start my own business but wasn't quite sure in what Um, and then we went to uh, America a few years ago and I absolutely love getting blow dryers always have done since I was a child (laughs) don't we Um, I grew up in Africa so um, I have lived with frizzy hair so (laughs) my mum saved herself the headache and used to take me to the hairdressers so anyway, when we went to America a few years ago, um, we, I've, I visited a similar type of business and absolutely fell in love with it and thought, why haven't I done something like this? Because it just made me feel so happy. Did loads of research and tried to find out what U- the UK had um, in terms of offering a blow-dry bar. And it was still quite a new concept. So this is going back about three, four years ago. There were, there were a few around, but not that many. Um, so then I just started out my search and I thought right this is this is where I'm going to go and um, it took a bit of time from sort of concepting the idea to actually making it reality but um, couldn't be doing anything better with my life right now amazing love it yes what kind of things did you struggle with when you first kind of started out was there anything that you when you first or either of you um, when you first kind of thought about the idea what what kind of struggles did you face in terms of getting the idea from conception, obviously, into... Oh, sorry, I've just hit the microphone. <laughs> yeah, into reality. Uh, for me specifically, it was sourcing a property. I think starting out as a startup, uh, it's very difficult to get a landlord to um, believe in the idea. And often when they do, they put very harsh or strong um, restrictive covenants in place. And... Um, you have to uh, commit a large amount of money up front, you know, because they want to guarantee that they can, um, that you will be stable in your business. So that was probably the hardest uh, challenge for me. 
which took the most amount of time. But I think when you find that property and you get all the agreements in place, then everything sort of falls into place after. Yeah, I've heard it's really difficult in central London if you're just starting a business to get a lease on a building because obviously the landlords are like, well, we want to make the most money. If you fold in the first year, then how are you I actually started out my, my search in central London first and it took me a good year. I saw so many properties. But just starting up, you know, you know, you don't have that much cash to, to get going, to get your own property. And the landlord's um, requests were just far too high mm. to meet. And then also, I think one of the most important things when you're starting a business is to make sure that you do do your finances properly. Because if you overcommit yourself, you're just going to land yourself in the ditch if you can't manage it. Yeah. Which is why a lot of startup businesses do fail in the first two years. So there's a lot of pressure, you know, and I had to just take a call at the time to be like, okay, I do want to start a business, but is going into central London the right thing to do at this present moment in time? Especially because I didn't come from the beauty business or beauty industry. Um, I thought I knew what I was doing. Um, a little bit of winging it there. But you did yeah. have the <clears throat> accountancy yes. knowledge. And I think that's probably been my saving grace. Mm. I think it sets a very good foundation to start a business and to have that um, foresight in knowing what moves to make at what time um, even though it's not your ideal plan you know you've got to you've got to factor those things in yeah no I would just totally agree with that because I'm still looking now and I've gone from salon to salon working within the space and even that has been quite a challenge in itself because renting a space within a salon at the moment even going in as the brand um, is challenging because do you they like to you to do you you do you have clients that you bring in or are totally. they totally so all my clients are my own and currently so obviously if anything I give the salon clients because with the colour that oh, I don't do etc yeah. um, you know there's always a crossover especially if they're going into a salon there's always going to be a crossover with something where they provide a service that I don't especially because I'm only doing two things <laughs> so there's definitely going to be other um, options for them there but even now I'm finding the struggle I'm looking now so I'm going through that process and it yeah it's really difficult um, I mean in six months I'm in the second salon now within the second salon so even that has been a tricky amazing, process um, so but to find my own space is um, I'm finding all the same problems as you, you know, I think it does challenges. help though I think once you've started your business and you know you've got your following um, yeah. and you've got something to prove for yourself yeah it becomes a little bit not that much a little bit easier to um, get a landlord to believe in your business or in your yeah. idea but I think when you're starting out completely from scratch yeah you're just selling an idea. You've got totally. nothing to validate yeah. that idea. Yeah. Um, and there's just so much competition around as well. So Definitely. And, you know, you've got to... And you, in the back of your mind, you're thinking, God, I haven't even got clients yet. <laughs> I was going to say, well, for at least, at least for you now, when you kind of do yeah. find your space and you've got you've got your clients that come and see you. And then no, totally. obviously but being on a high street and having your branding up there is like the most amazing thing because sure. the footfall yeah. is just kind of it's a marketing thing in itself isn't it so definitely exciting mm, very yeah. exciting you'll, you'll end that where you need to be though i yeah, always think definitely. these things take so long because you need to find the perfect space definitely i mean location really is key. so key yeah in this business in this industry it so is and uh, yeah so many of my customers um, make me quite aware of that as well which is really interesting because it's important to them that it's in the right location or obviously at least that they can get there i mean 70 percent of my clients are in southwest which is where i'm based um which is great it is great. Yeah. But you don't need to go anywhere. They yeah. come to, they can come to you. Do you just work f- 
for yourself? Yes, exactly. Okay. So um, with it, at the moment, I've just moved into, um, it's called the Style Studio, actually, within Wandsworth Town, but it's moved in as the brand, so I'm allowed to brand it downstairs, to do oh, the lashes nice. upstairs. It's got the salon upstairs until I find my own space, so yeah. Oh, lovely. That's good. Um, and so in terms of, um, I mean, the beauty industry is incredibly competitive, and I know that just from, I mean, if you go down to your local high street, you will literally find four or five hair salons. It's just outrageously competitive so how easy have you found it to differentiate yourselves from similar businesses in the I guess in the area or I suppose in London um just because those are the people I guess that you're you say are your competitors yeah I think for me um opening in Mill Hill there are like you said at least another four to five hair salons but the differentiating point for me was that we are just a blow dry bar specializing mm-hmm. just in styling yeah and you know Lucy you've seen the salon it looks very different because it's more about the customer experience as well it's not just a blow dry it's very okay. instagrammable thank you yeah <laughs> um but I think that in itself the look and feel of the salon has been a differentiating point for us and the fact that we just specialize in styling I mean it's just when, when you know that someone specializes in something you're bound to go there yeah that's um, true but I think, you know, there's definitely been a strong amount of competition. I've seen a lot of the other salons now um, upselling their blow dryers, reducing mm-hmm. the pricing of their blow dryers to become more competitive with us, despite the fact that they do offer other services. But I guess that's just business, right? True. Competition's yeah. healthy. Yeah, totally. And I think we are lucky enough, the fact that we're in London, you know, there's more than enough people to go around. And I never really feel that much in competition with anyone because I think that, what I'm doing is quite unique. Sounds like obviously what you're doing is quite unique. You have got a point of difference. Specialising in two things. So again, it's you're not a jack of all trades, you know, master of none. You're really specialising in something. So again, I think people put their trust in you. And sometimes I do think I have the moment of why am I different? Why would they come to me over X, Y and Z, the great people in London that have been established for so long? But sometimes the point of difference is you. And the point of difference the is... The point of difference is always you. It totally is. <laughs> But it is, and it's the service you can give your customers. And so many of my customers, I mean, recommendations clearly, and it'll be the same for you. It's a huge part of my business. But not only that, you know, if things go wrong, which, you know, they do, it's how you respond to it, how you act to it, and your customers Definitely. will thank you for it so much. And, you know, your reputation then gets, you know, your reputation is known for being and caring. Sometimes when a brand's too big, they can't keep that up. So that is oh, your point so of true, difference. yeah. You care so much because it's your baby that you will go above and beyond for any customer. I mean, it is exhausting. Of course it is. But because it is our baby, that's the way we feel. And I know that customers will come because of that reason. So, yeah. I think it's an interesting point because we've got two different um, outlooks on it. Because obviously you manage your own customers. Whereas for me, I'm having to train my staff to manage my customers. Yeah. Like obviously I can be the front of house. Yeah. But, you know, the first point of contact for me, well, for Amber is is my my stylist right so how they deliver that customer service uh, really speaks for how the customer experience is yeah and that can sometimes be a challenge because you can have your view in terms of how you want to look after your customers and take care of them but also delivering that message onto your stylist and making them understand how important that point of contact is is really important because customer service is key in this industry as well it's so key and you know as an area manager I never planned on training in the eyelash extensions the only reason I did is because when I was an area manager managing 160 staff 
I knew how unreliable staff can be and I was like I can't go and open my own salon and you know have a bookings of eyelash extensions and then them just not turn up I'm gonna have to know how to do this myself I need to know and also a big lesson is no one cares about your business as much as you do absolutely (laughs) nobody and (laughs) yeah and sometimes you really have to realize that because your expectation on other people you know it's not the same as um of course it's not the same definitely Um, I had to learn how to blow dry as well yeah of course you do you get those days you know where your staff are unwell they don't turn up and yeah you've got a column full of clients that you need to deal with and you need to know as well like the reason I didn't ever expect to be as busy myself with lashes it just kind of happened but like you just you need to know as well that they're doing the right thing you can't train you can't watch or you know you can't improve on things if you don't know yourself what's going on yeah so yeah you both trained with some incredible people didn't you definitely yes who did you train with? Um, I trained with Kevin Fortune. I went to his um, blow drawing academy Amazing. for three days. It was really good. Yeah. But I, I think like it's I need over to do time. That just for my own hair. <laughs> yeah, no, you should. Just come down, but we'll teach you. A little bit far. <laughs> Crash course. <laughs> Crash course, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I trained with Sarah Mocker. So they are really renowned in the. Um, lash business I mean they've got a waiting list for four months they've got like 4,000 people on their wait list I mean they are goals but they're really savvy they're business women actually and um, you know they're really inspirational to me and um, I had to wait a long time to get onto their training course anyway Um, but they specialise in Japanese lash extensions which is also what I specialise in and they're really niche they're really big in New York obviously they're really big in Japan (laughs) Um, but what's the difference between that and is it Russian volume that everyone is after yeah so I actually don't do Russian volume Um, the reason being is because one I don't really like the look and um, personally I know it's personal preference but also because it's so damaging Um, so Japanese lash extensions really just a market term um, a little bit like Russian because not the, the lashes don't come from Japan or Russia um, it's just a marketing spiel um, basically with Japanese lash extensions they're the lightest lash on the market and um, we use something called a feather technique where you actually wrap the lash round the human lash so it lasts a lot longer and it's also oh, non-damaging no. because it's the way you put um, you apply it to the actual human lash it's a lot harder than doing normal lashes which is why it's not very common um, with Russian volume, basically all that means is that there's up to five lashes on a fan applied to one human lash. That's where you can get the quite bold look and it can be quite damaging. But yeah, I mean, I always took a stance from the start that I didn't want to do that because that's not really, I always wanted it to be, you know, really natural but noticeable. And especially where I live, the girls want to look everybody's had work done everybody wants everything but everybody wants it to look really natural yeah yeah so you can have hair extensions you can have lash extensions but it can be in a really natural and safe way so do you still use glue for the japanese yeah you still use glue but it's oh it's all about the application you know if you use too much glue very damaging if you don't apply them correctly they could potentially fall off pulling the human lash off with it and it takes practice it's not like blow drying i mean yeah it really does have you had eyelashes before no, I really want to get I, them. Oh my gosh, I have to do them. I yes. got like Russian volume, um, some like random place back where back in Bournemouth. Yeah. And um, oh my gosh, the first time I got them done, they literally stung my eyeballs so badly, and then they grow out. I like, and the end of the end of where the glue is will be like on the end yeah, of your like eyelash, and then you'll have one really long one. Yeah, it's not the best look. <laughs> and after that, I've just thought it's not. Maybe for me. they're not for me. <laughs> Until you met me, Lucy. Exactly. Well, you haven't <laughs> actually done my eyelashes. I do have naturally long eyelashes. Yeah, you do. I don't. I would definitely want to try this Japanese. Yeah, technique. no, we'll definitely Japanese have to do the natural look. Yes. The natural so, look. 
Obviously, I want to talk about social media because... Obviously. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> As sure. we all do. Um, so I think when you first start a business, well, a lot of people come to me and say, you know, either I don't know what I'm doing or can you kind of point me <laughs> in the right direction? Help. Um, so how did you kind of... How Were you particularly savvy at the start or are you kind of... Are you into it or how did you find your own style? Yeah. Um, no, I was actually terrible. So <laughs> um, really, really bad. I mean, the colours were clashing. You know, the first the first few pictures, I think, now have been probably erased. Um, and one of my best friends um, blogs, and she, I remember her coming round to my house, and she was like, okay, we need to do a call. You know, I'm going to try and show you here. She's showing me all these apps on how to, you know filter it how to make it look the same tone how to make it neutral how to and I just for some reason can't get it I really can't I mean I love social media like on my own social media I mean obviously that has no pattern and it doesn't matter it's my friends and family but um yeah I just never really got it um and luckily I met somebody um her name's Sarah Rose and she loved the brand she was doing some social media for my friend from in farmer's mistress and then amazing yeah she kind of we met but you know i had no budget i had no money i was starting off i had no clients at the time really (laughs) i was like i can't you know and she was like do you know what i'm just going to create it for you on this app called unum where apparently you can create everything which is unum yeah it's so good isn't it so she sends me that on like a fortnightly basis and I approve it amazing yeah it's really good but um so does she manage your social media oh, she totally you? manages it for me she does everything it you does know, look great yeah she's done a really good job but you know I never obviously especially when you have no money you're starting off I was like god it's a bit excessive to get somebody to do your social media but she sent me this on him and I was like damn I'm never <laughs> I'm never going to make it look this good I think sometimes you just need a helping hand like if yeah. I from when I first started, one of the things that I was like, I am never going to do this. I am not good with numbers. I'm going to get an accountant. I don't care if I have clients yeah. or not. I need someone doing that because yeah. that's just not... My forte. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think sometimes when you're like, you know what, someone else can do it better than me. Yeah. So now it, it's funny because obviously it's got to a point now where I've totally got an eye for it. So I totally, I send her so much stuff now. I reckon it's a bit of a shared job. I don't know if she'll agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is. Like, I can now see where it's going. And um, I just needed that. Like you said, I needed the help. But, um, yeah, it's funny because um, at the beginning I was like, I just can't afford you. And she was like, just do my lashes, we'll exchange. I was like, done. <laughs> that's, that's not amazing. That, that's that's not the way now. <laughs> but, um, actually, I'm seeing her today to do her lashes. But, um, no, she does a great job. Amazing. Um and obviously I give her the contacts she didn't have anything she didn't come from a beauty background so she didn't obviously know what to write and stuff but yeah I mean it's so important for me and it's really where I get the majority of my customers I was going to say you've done quite a good job at growing your following through influencers for sure that was me being (laughs) (laughs) um being cheeky I suppose I think quite a lot of I'm correct me if I'm wrong but I think a lot of the people whose lashes you've done probably live in this area anyway so yeah exactly I mean quite a few of the Made in Chelsea cast um one of you know one of the game changers for the hair for me has been um the fashion book blog and she's one of my biggest and an influencer that I obviously got in touch with and what's I mean what's crazy to me now so soon on is influencers actually reach out to me and ask them to do it yeah and I'm like still sometimes shocked a really big one reached out last week and I actually couldn't see her because I physically couldn't fit her in but I'll do her in the new year and I was like oh my goodness wow 
<laughs> that's um that's amazing that's amazing yeah this is why location is so important Totally, yeah. I think you've got to know you've got to, got know, to know where yeah, influencers where live as well and <laughs> kind of <laughs> go knocking on their door. door. Not in like a stalker, <laughs> but in more like a they're in my area. Come out. Um totally. I guess that pre- how many followers do you have? Do you know what? I should definitely know that. I just just about to reach four thousand. Thing is don't you think so you're so booked up and I think people are constantly chasing getting ten thousand followers. And I'm just like, I am so, like, it does not matter if you don't have 10,000 followers as long as the number on your bank account is. as well. I always think about the engagement. I mean, sometimes on my story views, the the engagements have risen so much that I'm like, wow, they're still watching. We need to give, I do all my stories, actually, that is one thing I do. (laughs) Um, But you want to give them something to see if they're still engaged. Um, We post every day, which I don't know, it's overkill, but um, Sarah thinks it's, quite important on growing the business and I mean it's quite lifestyle as well which I really like um but then every four pictures is a before and after that's gonna have to change to three but um yeah amazing social media for me I have done everything by myself since day one yeah but it's been a little bit of a journey (laughs) we've changed changed our minds quite a few times um but I think Lucy you've definitely helped to point me in the right direction I think it's really important that, you know, your website, the customer experience and the social media all speak to each other because it shouldn't be that one, like Instagram looks so much fun and then you come into the salon and the vibe's different or the website looks completely different. So I think over time I've learned to marry all the three up. Yeah. Um, I also think what you do is is so different from, I mean, you know, when you get your hair extension, your lashes done, that needs constant upkeep. Whereas for you, you're constantly having to persuade people to come back in for a blow dry. So I guess a lot of your customers are kind of retained customers and you're just trying to get people back in. For sure. And I think a lot of... Is kind of quite important for that. Definitely. And I think Instagram, like you, also helps us a lot to get new customers because they see hairstyles that they like yeah. and, you know, come in and say, oh, can I have that one? And they often refer back to our Instagram uh, as so a point of reference, yeah. even though we have a lookbook in the salon. Yeah, um, amazing it, lookbook. Yeah, it's just, it, but it's got a limited number of styles on there. But I think when they see it on real life people as well, not that the models are not real life, yeah. but you know what yeah. I mean, um, they, they're more inclined to pick a style from the Instagram. Yeah. Um, so it definitely really helps. No, it does. And I'm the first person, I'm so guilty of shopping my entire life on Instagram. <laughs> like everything I find on Instagram. And, you know, even if people, when I first started, I made these leaflets, which are quite tragic because they don't actually look on brands at all anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, if, if somebody these days is like, yeah, I found your leaflet, but then I went on to Instagram and it really spoke to me actually quite early on because you had every point of contact to reach me. So you had like the website, you had a phone number, you had an email, but and then all you had was an Instagram sign and like a Facebook sign. And they were like, yeah, straight away went on Instagram. And I was like, wow, yeah, that is the go-to place, even over a website sometimes, which is Oh, it crazy. is 100%. I mean, a lot of people come to me through Instagram either just from following me personally or following Sassy Digital and then people spreading word of mouth and instead yeah. of going to my website and emailing me they've just gone onto Instagram and messaged me but I guess for some people sending an instant message on Instagram is a lot easier than totally. going onto your website finding the email yeah I don't have a phone number I mean I mean I get asked daily you know about my prices in DMs and I just um, copy and paste the price list from the website. Like, oh, have amazing. you thought of going on there? Yeah, it's <laughs> no, it's all totally, there. no, yeah, no, it's totally fine. I get it. But um, yeah, it's just funny how everyone does seem to. Yeah, I think also in the beauty industry, 
uh, first impressions count, presentation counts. Yeah. Um, and so if you do have a good Instagram and, and a grid that looks nice and that you are constantly posting on your stories, it adds a lot of value. Yeah. Because everyone wants to go somewhere that looks pretty. Yeah, especially definitely. Especially this whole flower wall craze right now. Oh, I know. Flower wall Gonna craze. Going to get a flower wall now. <laughs> I'm literally thinking about it. Are you? I was thinking, what could I do that's different to the flower wall? Yeah. Mm. I don't have one at the moment. We're just working with our exposed brick in pastel colours. Nice. Oh, it does look amazing. I guess for both of you, your Instagrams are very consistent and beautiful and a lot of beauty businesses who follow Sassy Digital on Instagram always follow people back because, you know, got to keep the people happy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> slash get into the DMs. Um, yeah. a lot, I think a lot of people really struggle with that and struggle with how to how to kind of make it look nice. But I guess um, you mentioned Unum, which is like a planning app. And then yeah. I know you... Do you still use Canva for your... No, not anymore. Oh. Um, you'd be proud to learn that I do it myself on InDesign. I finally managed oh, to learn a little amazing. bit of a skill set to use that program. But uh, I do think, you think it's important to keep a consistent style. Definitely. And I think recently, I mean, you might have seen, I use a lot of pastel colours for the quotes. And that's because in the salon, we have pastel colour lights above each station. So again, it's just that brand connection. Yeah. No, that um, gorgeous. Thank you. I insta-stalked you. <laughs> I was just looking at you as well. Okay. <laughs> I followed you. Oh, please. Um, yeah, I think it's, I think a lot of the time, just for if anyone's listening that kind of wants to get a more consistent feel, um, using kind of the same filters, mm. the same colours, the same fonts, and all of that. The Visco app is really good. Oh yeah, Vis- yeah, yeah. I don't know. I really like that. App. It's amazing. So, well, the filter app. Yes, they have yes, a number yeah. of different. But if you use a consistent filter, then your grid looks. I'm one of those people that go every time I go on there. It's like we have a new pack. I'm like three ninety nine. Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I have all the filters on there. I'm like, if if it ever shuts down, I'd probably wasted like fifty quid on all of these filters. No. <laughs> um, so, how do you increase? Well, how do you think you generate more bookings rather than people phoning you? I know you introduced me to this app, yes. which actually yeah. I then told you I, yeah. about. So exactly. now you both use it. So I use Schedule um, yeah. at the Salon, which is a free online booking system, which I think is great for new businesses um, starting out in beauty. Um, it's a great system. They also have an online booking portal, which Lucy, you very kindly helped me set up. And it's been a massive help because it got to a point where we weren't able to answer all our phone calls, especially people phoning outside hours. Yeah. And for me, every time we miss a phone call, we're missing that revenue. So I now starting this online booking system, it's been such a massive success. It's so easy to use on schedule as well. And sometimes I look at my emails in the middle of the night, and, you know, we've got bookings coming in at 12 a.m., yeah. 1 a.m., and people can do it in their own time. They can see the availability. I think it's just it's a massive, massive help. Does it work well for you? Yeah, so I use it because you use it. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm glad. No, no, it, it does work. Um, it's really just about... No, it definitely does work. And again, I'm the same. I see them come through so late at night. And I mean, I actually asked you about it because one of my close friends was like, do you know what? Obviously, I come to you because um, I come to you. You're my friend. I WhatsApp you. I come in. She was like, but do you know what? I would never, ever in a million years 
ring up a brand, try and get an appointment. She was like, I have oh, to yeah. do it online. And I was like, okay, I need Some to look into this. Some people get real phone phobia. Yeah. I love a good phone chat. So do I. Yeah. Especially when it's beauty related. <laughs> totally. I need to phone. I need to phone. I need to, phone. I need to Yeah, I was just about to say, I need detail. Um, so I'm not that person. But I don't think I'd do it with my regular hairdresser just because I feel like not unreliable but I don't know how I feel about it in a normal salon but if I'm if I'm wanting to go for like hair extensions or yeah. eyelashes or a blow dryer or something a bit more luxury and rather than just getting my everyday colour done yeah, then I would definitely go online because I know that it would be reliable also based yeah. on someone's website you can kind of tell whether they keep on top of their online bookings or not for no, sure no definitely um, so no I think it's a really great system um, it's working it's just about <laughs> matching when I book somebody in on Instagram to make sure I take it off schedule. Um, does but, it... Oh, yeah, because you hate bookings from Instagram. I was going to say, yeah. does it not link to your... Um, can you link schedule to, like, your Google Calendar or something? That's something I definitely need to look at. Because what I you have, do? No. no. Well, I just, I, the only reason I say it is because when I... Um, I've got a workbook on our website, and if you buy the workbook, you get a 30-minute consulting session. And instead of me emailing someone and going... Um, can you book in for, uh, you know, um, what time can you do for a call? Yeah. And then them coming back going, oh, I can do these times on Thursday, Tuesday, 10.30, whatever. You just and then me going back going, oh, I can't do that. Can you do this time? Yeah. Oh, no, I can't do that. So I just send them a link. It sh- links to my Google Calendar. So I literally schedule everything into my Google Calendar, including when I'm going to be working on certain different things. And then they can book on this That's really website and then it automatically appears on my calendar. Mm. That's the only reason I asked. But also, if you are getting a lot of DMs, why don't you just um, direct them to, to schedule? Yeah. yeah, that might be the easiest way. <laughs> I was just That's what that. I do, because we get that. We do get you? some DMs and they're like, oh, can we come in for a blow dry on Saturday at 10.30? And I just message back and saying, please, can you go on our While we were having this conversation, or? I was um, just thinking, why haven't I ever done that? <laughs> <laughs> it's literally the easiest way. Although, some, it depends who it is, isn't it? Because you don't want to be like... Um, don't talk to me yeah online. here's the link yeah <laughs> no um, I think if it's done in a nice way then yeah yeah definitely easier. yeah and how important have you found um I think quite a lot of beauty companies that have like followed me on Instagram or I find them on Instagram just to kind of have a little look um when they're just starting out sometimes they don't have a website and I know we touched on that having Instagram sometimes is more important than the website and actually technically it is kind of a website if you're displaying all of your information on there how important have you both found it having a website and I'm not just asking that because I help you both with your websites (laughs) I I find it incredibly helpful um I think it's it's like as I said to you before it's your first point of contact in the online world you know so it's like having a shop online uh, for people to to see, and in this day and age, everyone just does everything in the comfort from their own home. So, having a website with information available helps to generate business. Even though you sometimes, I mean, you can now assess your stats anyway. You know, to see how many visits you're getting and stuff, yeah. and then see how much that's translating into business. So, I think it's extremely important. And presentation counts as well. So, if you have a good website that looks nice, that's user friendly, um, you're more, more likely to get customers through the door. Yeah. yeah, I completely agree. So many customers say to me, "Oh, your website's so nice," and you know, <laughs> <laughs> no, but they do, and it's important. And for a long time, I had website coming, um, and you're trying to sell something that, in your mind, is amazing, but other people can't envisage that. So I think the reason that 
we worked well together. It's because you just got it. Like, you just got it. Well, exactly what I wanted to I've said to the create. same thing to her. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't mean to brag, but I do get that a lot. <laughs> no, but it's like you just understood. And I I'm think not it's because I'm clear. so into Instagram. People are like, oh my God, she's got it. And yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? You never know, though, do you? Because I know yeah. it's the only people that have had websites and they're like, oh God, it's still going. I mean, I know people that have been going back and forth on websites for years, genuinely. They just can't get it right. And I just felt, honestly, the day it launched, I was like, so I, I was away at the time with my boyfriend and it was so early in the morning and I was like, we are opening a bottle of champagne. It's so exciting and the business wasn't anything then. I mean, it's still obviously growing so much now. But I was just like, this is huge because it just looks exactly what I wanted to create. This brand in my head has come to life on the internet. <laughs> I do um, also think when you're like a one, I guess a one-man band, yeah. having a website that's like, that's, that's why I never wanted my brand to be kind of it's just me because obviously I want to grow it but yeah, as as you exactly. do as well um I think it makes you look bigger than you are and so you get a lot more yeah I think you get taken a lot more seriously yeah. when you look completely and business. it's so it's really professional it's got everything on there I do need to change the picture of me that is a must in the oh new yeah year. I know it's like a it's a picture on there of a night out I need to really <laughs> update that and um, but no I love it and customers really like it and it, it, you know it's really nice actually when sometimes customers are like no I read that on your website or like yeah no I know the difference because I got that on your website and so you know I'm a real scroller on a website I like the detail um if I'm going somewhere I like to read who is the person I like to know what exactly I'm yeah. in for so I do tend to read it so yes and some of my customers well, are I think well. it's particularly important within beauty because you don't yeah. want to just like go to any old place and think, you no. know, this person. And I suppose it's different for a blow dryer. I would totally go on the website and be like, yep, but I'd more look at the pictures. Great, that blow dryer's going to look great. If I was going to spend money on investing in extensions, I want to know what's the hair, where it's come from, what's definitely. the best method. It's expensive, you know, you can't just go with this yeah, person definitely. or just a faceless brand or just a brand just because it's on Instagram. So I think the website really kind of, I think, helps them see maybe a little bit about me or a little bit more about the brand and stuff, especially. Yeah. It adds a lot more credibility to the business, yeah, I think. definitely. One thing I'm going to do next year, which my, I'm going to work with one of my friends, she really wants to do more work with a videographer and do oh, more amazing. things like that yeah I just haven't had time this year um well no in December I haven't had time December December crazy. I mean November December October <laughs> um so yeah no I really want to do that next year so that's penciled in for sure and you're about to well have launched an online shop I guess exactly. yes which you helped me set up as well is this products yeah. Um, so we've just put the gift card on uh, in the lead up to Christmas. Um, Good idea. And in January, the plan is to put products on as well to Amazing. help increase product sales, which is a great additional yeah, revenue stream as well. You know, yeah. if you're in the beauty industry, yeah. alongside your services. I just think the best thing about an online shop is that you, I mean, from setting up my own one, you get those sales and you're like, yes, I've had to make money without doing anything. Like yeah. I've made money without having to really do anything. Just those incremental sales. And I guess, actually, I have had to do stuff to sell my online shop because it's very much services-based. And also, I'm the one that's had to do it. But you kind of don't count that, do you? So when you get the money and you're like, yes, amazing. Like, everyone wants to wake up in the morning and have made money overnight. And that's, I think that's, (laughs) if you can kind of think about things that you can sell on your website, whether that's, I don't know, a deposit or um, a gift card or products or you want to develop your own product range. And I think that's... um, a great way to make use of the internet 
Definitely, and I think I spoke to you the other day about taking deposits online as well, because I'm not sure what uh, yeah. payment system you use. So I use one, actually I've just started using one, I would highly recommend it, it's Square, and um, it's called Square Point of Sale, and it's on my phone as well, and I literally Oh my gosh, you've got a phone case box and that. I know, how cute yeah. is it? Aww. I know, my boyfriend's so cute, please don't look at my nails. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, now I have this device and you can um, set up, um, deposit, send them to customers, they click on it and pay and it's instant. So it's in your bank within 24 hours. Oh wow. Which is brilliant because obviously I have to oh, take amazing. a deposit for the hair so it's really important. So all my appointments now I take deposits because they're so lengthy. You know, in lash appointments two hours, hairs, Definitely. hairs maybe only an hour but you have to take I have to secure the deposit. Because I use iZettle, which I think works a little bit similarly to yeah. uh, Square, but we can't take phone payments. So no. often, you know, when you have to take deposits over the phone... Yeah, I'd honestly is, really recommend yeah, that. I might sure. look into that. The percentage as well is cheaper than iZettle. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Oh. Every little bit counts. It, de- especially it definitely Especially when you're does. a new business. It does. does. Especially with online payments. I mean, on Squarespace, you can use Stripe which takes payments but then a lot of people tend to use PayPal and I think PayPal their percentage used to be something like 6% oh it's huge whereas Stripe is I can't remember what it is now it's like 2% or less than I think it's less it's like 1% plus 20p or something something like that yeah this is 1.6 or 1.8 depending on how big the transaction is but yeah it's minimal and some of them are like it's you know this be the percentage but it would never be more than like £2 or something so Mm. ideal so is there any tips you have for people who want to start their own beauty business? Maybe they don't work in beauty or maybe they do work in beauty and kind of want to branch out on their own. What kind of tips would you? Um, I think for me, um, anybody that wants to do any kind of business, I suppose it wouldn't even have to be beauty. I don't think it matters about your background, like you said. I think that if you've got a passion, and I genuinely, genuinely believe this, if you are passionate about your business, you are more likely to succeed. If you're in it for the money, then you might not because it's hard. It is hard every single day. So if you're doing it for the wrong reasons, which is, of course, I want to be rich. Yeah. (laughs) Of course, I'm in it, but of course, longevity, I want to have a successful career, but I'm genuinely doing it because I'm so, so passionate about it and it genuinely gets me out of bed in the morning because I want it to succeed. And you need that because there are bad days (laughs) and you question what have you done but if you've got your passion in there and you believe in your brand then that is my biggest advice I don't think it matters what your background is I think if you have a passion and you really believe in it and you can learn the skills and get on board with it then do it absolutely it's a risk and I, I think I've said to you as well what's you know feel the fear and do it anyway you have to just do it love it that is just literally my motto and you know I I truly believe anybody can it is a lot of hard work but yeah having that passion is key I completely agree with you on that and I think also as business owners sometimes we're very hard on ourselves because we are the sole decision makers and whatever decision we make you know if the consequences are good all well and good and if they're not then we blame ourselves for it and I think part of the journey is also to not be so hard on yourself I think you know it, it is part of the process. You have to make mistakes in order to become better. And if you have that drive and passion, 
all the time, then you will succeed. Yeah, you just have yeah. to keep going. It's even so in those funny bad days. because you know, being in a corporate job and you being in you know an accountant job, we will have had such high pressured roles. And I thought, God, the pressure is hard. But no, I don't think anyone puts pressure on you like you put on yourself. Absolutely. I mean, the expectation of myself alone is just the pressure is immense. My boyfriend's like, seriously, you need to chill. And you never switch <laughs> off, you know. Never. The reality is when it's your own business, you never switch off. But no. I think also giving yourself that time yeah. and allowing yourself, to, you know, a little bit of time to yourself and telling yourself it's okay yeah. is completely, you know, what you need to do to, to also help you succeed and yeah. stay sane definitely in your own business so um, from the beginning as well I always chose that I would never work Sundays and I never have and I won't because <laughs> I really just need that day to recharge um, a lot of people close on Mondays yeah and that's so good that you stay close on Sundays and that you stay yeah. true to that no and I genuinely do because I work six days you know the other six days I'm working some days I'm working 12 hours, 14 hours, you know, whatever. I can work 8 till 8. It's just that Sunday, it's really important to me that I spend time with my partner and it's really important oh, to me 100%. that I switch off. And, you know, I always said that from the start and I am still asked about Sunday appointments. My regulars now understand that that's probably my day. But, yeah, I've made that really strict from the start and I have stuck with it, which I think probably helped me stay sane <laughs> and go into the week fresher. Yeah, you're getting into your groove. I mean, I I think for ages I was like, yeah, I'll work whenever. Like, whenever people would ask me to work, I'm there. And now I'm like, I don't answer emails until 9am. And I don't reply to emails after 6pm. Unless... I'm feeling really passionate about something. Yeah. In which case, I'll um, read it and I'm like, I need to reply now. It's this is so amazing. Funny. Like when you start, you don't want to say no to anything. You say yes, 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 because you're like, this will be your only chance. And like you said, you know, I used to take things so personally as well. Like if somebody cancelled, especially when you're a new business, I don't think people understand that's everything to you at the oh start. Gosh, yes. And you know, things happen and you know, that's devastating for you. And it really is. But the reality of it, sorry, the reality of it is that's life things happen and it it happens to me all the time now and not people you know cancel switching that is the nature of our business unfortunately and you know I cancel appointments it happens life happens and I I think it's been an adjustment for me to understand that they don't realize how important that appointment is to me um so that's an adjustment and then also just turning down work when you know any last minute I'd be like yeah I'll do it I'll move things you know and again uh, you get so run down doing that and moving things around it's just not the best thing to do and people are totally understanding if you're like do you know what I can't actually do it tonight I'm, I haven't got the space but I can do it tomorrow on X, Y and Z or if again you haven't got back to them within 24 hours totally normal but when you get an email in the beginning and you're starting you're firing answers back because you just you're trying want to grab every opportunity exactly um, but I'm trying to chill out on that the thing is, if people want you to do something for them, yeah. they'll be willing to wait whatever the totally. time is. So you don't always have to fit it in. And I think it's, you kind of go on your own journey to actually knowing that. And, it's, you know, if you're offering a service and someone wants it, just because you say, no, I don't have time tomorrow, doesn't mean they're going to go, well, I'm never coming back to you. Yeah. You know, it's, they want you to do something. So if they, if they can wait, then they will. Yeah. No, it's so true. And I've, uh, do you know what? I've only really ever had one complaint, but oh my God, that first complaint, you know, it's so devastating. It was just like, and it was fixed. You know, I'd I'd actually, it was completely my fault. I'd agreed to 
doing hair at a cost a certain price yeah we can make it work guess what I couldn't make it work because there wasn't enough hair and the customer only wanted to pay x amount and I should and I am very adamant now no it's not going to look the way you want it to look so I won't do it I think it. you get the confidence right as you've done it more totally. and more yeah and you understand what it is that you're offering yeah, yeah. um you believe a lot in your yourself and so that, and that confidence comes no exactly yeah exactly and actually sometimes I think the customers respect that because you 100%. are the master you know you know you are supposed to know so I I won't agree to her if they only want to pay x amount but they want it to look double the amount you're not going to get that look sadly and I yeah. feel confident enough now to say that because that was a big lesson learned it cost me you know time money upset my, my boyfriend probably such a headache right I was like I can't sleep and he was like wow you're gonna have to literally move on from this quickly babe he's like because the thing is you cannot hang around when stuff like that happens no. and it brings you down you've just got to move on to the next thing yeah um, and you've also got to get the customer happy quickly I mean I got her in the next day and I think that's really key because you know what we're like as girls it just goes if I'd have left it over the weekend it would have just got bigger and bigger and then she could have told somebody and then you know so I think you have to act quickly with when these things you know they will happen not you can't keep everybody happy when you're seeing so many people um but you've just got to respond to it in the right way and it it really isn't i'm trying to realize it really isn't personal as long as you can you know keep 80 to 90 percent of your customers happy totally. you're doing an excellent job yeah i think yeah. you know it's, it's unrealistic to get to strive for 100 percent perfection yeah. because it's just not possible not when you're in the public domain no you just physically cannot make everyone happy it's so true and the ones who are supposed to you know enjoy your services they'll keep coming back and the yeah. ones that don't then that's just life yeah it's so true and how did you i just realized we haven't touched on this at all how did you um <laughs> How did you kind of settle on what prices you were going to charge people? Because I know that's like a big thing. When you first start on your own, no matter what it is that you're doing, I think everyone's like, oh my gosh, how much do I charge for this? Like, what are competitors charging? You know, all that kind of stuff. I think we're going to have a different take on this because yeah. of the areas that we're situated yeah. in. I think that's really, I mean, geography plays a massive part. Of course it does. And your competitors play a massive part. You want to kind of undersell your competitors in a smart way, but then not be too much under that it's questionable so I think you've yeah. really got to get it right and then also experience plays a part I've moved my prices since I've started oh you've got to yeah I've got to and again I'll probably move them again in the new year um things evolve things change and actually a customer turned around to me and said you're not charging enough for these lashes you know you know you're not you're not you are not she said because we used to go to and they're charging this and then I started doing a bit of market research which I probably should have done more of in the beginning rather than just kept it in an enclosed area and I realised I'm not but then you can't jump your current customers up so high you have to honour what you're doing so I think it's just it's been a massive learning process for me and with the hair it was always pretty easy because um well not easy but I get it. it it's expensive you know honestly good good hair good quality hair is like gold you cannot buy it in bulk you can't buy Russian hair in bulk it doesn't exist if they say it is it's not Russian hair believe me and it's not cheap you cannot buy it cheaply you can't buy gold cheaply you cannot buy Russian hair cheaply so it was always going to be expensive for me Um, and then it's just about finding the right markup and looking around at what everybody else is kind of charging to get it right you also get a guideline from your supplier in terms of the hair you get a guideline from your suppliers in terms of what who they're selling it to in london what they're charging it for and then you kind of that's really helpful really helpful so yeah sorry with you i had quite a different experience actually with pricing because when i first did my my model and my business plan 
um, I did certain costings and then did a price point which I thought was reasonable in the area that we were in. And then when we actually came to opening and went in at that price point, it just wasn't perceived well with the local area. Not that the prices were high, it's just that there was so much competition in the area and people didn't um, at that time appreciate the service because they didn't know. They just thought, oh, we're just getting a blow dry and we can go to our local hairdresser for, I don't know, something ridiculous like £10. And I said, well, that's never going to be us. But I did actually have a very, very, very big challenge to deal with at the time because I did have to lower the price. I had to make a decision very, very quickly uh, to slightly reduce the price in order to gain the customer and to actually get them to understand what it is that Amber's about and what it is that we're here to offer. And that definitely helped drive the custom in. And I guess this is one of the challenges about new business as well, because you're trying to sell an idea and people don't know what it is that they're coming for. So you have to get the custom in, get them to understand what it is that you're offering. And then later, if you, you know, increase your prices, they know what they're getting for that. Um, But I had a really difficult time in the beginning with pricing. And I think it's really important to get that right. And with competition as well, do you know what I think is crazy? I was walking yesterday, I meant to text you actually, I was walking down my parents' high street and they've changed the local kind of, it was what was a chain of hairdressers, they've changed it now to something that's independently owned and they're calling it a blow-dry bar. And it's not a blow-dry bar, it's a hairdresser, they're doing colour and cuts in there. Um, but they do have a blow-dry offering. Guess how much a blow-dry is? How much? £12.50. No way. And I just looked at I, I mean, I always say I'm the ideal customer because I come to London and I'm like, yeah, £40 for a blow dry, amazing. Um, but like, She's like your best I customer. was on the high street, I was like, £12.50, oh God, no, I wouldn't go in there and get a blow dry. It's not going to be very good, is it? Well, exactly. I think that's the perception. I mean, I just wouldn't trust anybody to blow dry my hair that was £12.50. This is another thing, though. A lot of people don't understand, uh, especially with something like blow drying, it's a lifestyle choice. Um, you do need to make sure you have adequate heat protection, good quality products that are used on your hair. And when you are getting blow dries for £12.50 or £10 or whatever it is, are they using good shampoos? Are they using good heat styling products? Because even with heat protection on your hair, you know, you are still burning your hair. It's only, it's only protecting your hair 70%. So these things are all missed out when someone, you know, your average Joe is just blow drying your hair. And I'm yeah, just like, like, how okay, are they great. making money from that? I mean, it's... Well, yeah. They're obviously not because they're relying on their cutting and colouring income, right? Well, I guess so. It's a bit annoying when you get your hair coloured and have to pay £40 for a blow-dry on top. I agree with that. (laughs) You should have some concession with your blow-dry after. Yeah, for sure. Um, Again, I think, you know, with the lashes that I've experienced, people have, you know, they've questioned me on price and said maybe potentially it's too high. And they're the same people that get in touch because they've gone to the nail shop, the local nail shop, Vietnamese nail shop and they've had their lashes stuck on for £20 and their lashes are falling out I mean they've had hideous hideous jobs and I've dealt with that quite a few times so I've had to remove them they've had to have a break and come back so you know you can pay cheap and you can pay twice (laughs) or you can just get it done well exactly I agree yeah I totally agree with that you've got to think about what value is to you I guess So the last question that I ask everyone is, if there's one piece of advice you wish you were given before you started your business, what would it be? I think we've kind of touched upon it, but mine would be maybe don't be as hard on yourself. Um, Everything takes time. I want things now, and I want things to, you know, it's really sometimes challenging for me because the way I've always saw Fox and Vamp and the way I want it to expand and what I envisage it being 
sometimes it's difficult for me to accept that it's not there. (laughs) It's not even close to being where I want it to be. And things take time and it really does take time. And I think if I could just go back and maybe just advise myself or tell myself things aren't going to happen overnight it's not going to be easy to find the perfect venue it's not going to be easy to when you start hiring to find the perfect staff no one's going to care about your business as much as you do people do let you down and it's hard um but you'll get there as long as you passionate (laughs) and carry on working hard I think that's probably what I'd want to tell myself I think I completely agree with Talitha on that point but also you know to make sure that you do plan adequately. Yeah. Um, and I think in the beauty industry, because there's so much competition and stuff, um, you want to do so many things, which costs money, but yeah. sometimes you can't because yeah. you don't have the, the budget to do so. So I think it's really important that you just keep an eye out on your numbers. It's, it's really important. It is the crux of your business. And just try and do as much as you can with adequate budget planning. Because it is a competitive environment and you do need to make sure that you survive as long as you possibly can. I love Emma's... um, I love Emma Culture. I love love your take on this because you have that head. You have such a different head to mine. You have the sensible head and the figure head (laughs) and the number head. My mum's actually an accountant, so it's actually saved my life. (laughs) Because I've got the same. Yeah, really? It's really important, though, and I think that, you know, when you are a creative or, you know, you specialise in in providing beauty services, I think we sometimes forget, because we get so caught up on just doing what we're doing, that you forget you have to look after this side of the business, because without that there is no business unfortunately yeah, it's so true and, and, and you know even no but even <laughs> even like providing blow dries for £12.50 you know sometimes is that is that actually well thought out you know do people actually know what they're doing because your numbers do need to add up so I think I would strongly advise um, anyone starting a business to always look out for that side and, and, and also know that and just be like can I do this can I? <laughs> <laughs> also know that sometimes no matter how much you budget and even coming from the background that I come from no matter how much you budget reality is always going to be different and you need to be prepared for that because it, you just can't plan for what's going to happen sometimes totally. so that's my piece of advice amazing well, thank you so much for joining me thank I you will... for having us you are thank very welcome you. I'll leave links to both Fox and Vamp and Amber Blow Dry in the description. If you're listening on Intel, I'll link them now. Um, yes, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. This week's tip of the week is strive for progress, not perfection. None of us are perfect, and trust me when I tell you, there's no way you can navigate your career or business without making mistakes. When we make mistakes is an open invitation for improvement. I always say that the best and only way to learn is from getting something wrong. Once you make a mistake, if you're proactive and aware of it, you'll never make that same mistake twice. Create strategies and implement protocols that mean you'll find it difficult to make the same mistake again. This is one of the ways to grow and improve yourself, your career, and your business. If you're enjoying winging it, I would love you to leave me a review. And of course, any feedback is welcome. Just message me on Instagram at lucyhitchcock underscore. And don't forget to subscribe because we have some awesome guests coming up.